Welcome back to Out of the Rough, a golf fantasy podcast presented to you by We Know Fantasy. My name is Nate with We Know Fantasy, and today I'm joined by as always, Lenny, how are we today, my man? Doing well. How about yourself? Oh, it could be better after last week's uh, turn of events here and our results of what happened at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. But, you know, we're moving forward to the players, which is arguably the best and most important non-major on the tour. So that's something to look forward to. And, of course, the Masters is right around the corner. So content moving forward. Uh, before we hop into things, follow us on social media. We have a brand new Twitter account. It's at out of the rough WK. On Twitter, make sure you follow that account. That's where we will we'll, we will be interacting with our followers and posting exclusive content on there outside of the pod. Of course, advertising the pods on there as well. But that's a Twitter at Out of the Rough WK. And follow We Know Fantasy on Twitter and Facebook at We Know Fantasy. Visit our website, WeKnowFantasy.com, for some more fantasy sports content, including fantasy golf, basketball, baseball, football, NASCAR, anything and everything we have you covered by the We Know Fantasy crew. So, Lenny, as I previously mentioned, last week was the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill, presented on MasterCard. And, um, you know, it wasn't, I know we talked prior to this pod, of course, over the weekend, how things uh, developed. It really wasn't the results we're hoping for. My favorites included Matthew Fitzpatrick. Patrick Hutu was your favorite. He finished with a, a tie of 10th at minus three. Decent there. Then I went through Henrik Stenson, who we debated about, who missed the cut at plus four. And then Malinari, who we also agreed upon, also missed the cut at plus eight. Beyond those two, who else did you have there, uh, Lenny, and how they do? Yeah, I had Hatton finish 21st. I thought he would be so much better Sunday in the wind than he was i he was up there he kind of had me sweating the cut line on friday ended up having a big round on friday made the cut saturday playing well and then sunday just like everyone put up a plus five and kind of just took himself out of it you know it's one of those things of course playing as hard as it was i think there's what three guys under par on sunday it's kind of a crapshoot at that point you just hope that your guy can just get pars i mean just being even, you would have picked up easily half a dozen spots, no matter where you were in the field. So Hatton's finish on Sunday was a little disappointing, 21st. Had Tringali finished 31st. I mean, for the price range that Tringali was at, I'm not too terribly disappointed. He was 7,700. I was kind of just hoping for a top 20 out of him. He was kind of the, the last guy I threw into the lineup, kind of fit what I was looking for at the price range. Made the cut. Not the greatest finish. I had Henrik Norlander. He, uh, he he was looking good, and then um, the weekend happened where he was uh, eight over, finished 71st. You know, not the best finish for him. We had Cam Davis, didn't make the cut with a 75th. Adam Hadwin, a guy who I thought would be so much better, good ball striker, ended up finishing 102nd, seven over. Not what you want when you're picking guys. You need them to at least be making the cut. And a 102nd isn't quite going to do it for the scorecard. Yes, I'm assuming that was your DFS lineup that right there you went through oh yeah and what was your final score 295.5 all right well i had 278 so you take this one i won week one in our little back-to-back competition here and you took this week the arnold palmer invitational but of course i had hovland who uh, did not do well plus six there at t for 49 we talked about with molinari and stenson matt wallace was part was my highest performer he had a minus two at plus 18 and then cam champ who i thought would uh you know, hit the ball well, drive off the tee, and get himself into some good situa- situations. But his putting is just so poor that 
it, it, he lost so many strokes and of course ended up missing the cut. So 278 there for me on DFS, not, not ideal, but we're going to do some, we're going to do better here. Uh, this week's the players, TPC salt grass, no doubt about it. Well, let's see last week, betting lines, Matthew Patrick uh, to win and Hendrick Sensen top five did not hit any of those. So, uh, yeah, we're not doing too well to start this uh, series off, but like we, like I said, the players is here and we're, we're, we're looking forward to future things opposed to looking at the past. How about that Lenny? Yeah, I, I hit on a couple top 20 bets that I threw out there. They had Casey and Fitzpatrick that were at like plus 150 for a top 20. I wanted to pick those guys to win. And we kind of talked about that winning area, probably that plus 1800 to plus 2500. And of course, it was Bryson. I think he's plus 1200. You know, I... I didn't quite trust those guys to win. I liked them a lot. So, I mean, I hit on those, but I had Hovland to win. Didn't quite work out. He he definitely, as you know, didn't do well on that Sunday, just like a lot of guys. Um, you know, this week we have had the player, so looking forward to it. It's a great tournament. Be a lot of fun this week. So, hopefully we can we can start improving on some picks here. All right. Right. Let's talk about the the uh, the players in TPC Sawgrass before we move forward. Last year, this event we saw the first day, and then it was canceled due to COVID nineteen for that. So there is no twenty twenty results to go after. The one thing there was last year was Hideki Machuama had a minus nine through the first round uh, before the, the of course the tournament was canceled, and I that was record. yeah course record right there minus nine tied for the course record. So he has that going for him. Uh, Forty of the world's top fifty. Golfers will be here for this $15 million purse. This is the third tournament in this Florida swing. So, of course, Bermuda grass of, on the on the uh, greens as well. This is a Pete Dye designed course. Many bunkers and water has to navigate. And there's no back-to-back holes that are similar. This is a very challenging course in that aspect it's, it's either you know you, you play a hole and it's dog leg left so the ne- expect the next hole to be dog leg right and the same thing goes there's no par fives that follow par threes in that nature and the par fours are very long here in this course so that's challenging to really you know excel at this course you've got to play these par four five, these par fours uh, extremely well and and you can't lose many strokes here because they play more of a par five than they do a par four and again, we're in Florida here in uh, in March, where this tournament ha- usually happens in May. So we're going to see some more winds. Uh, we usually see higher temperatures. So that's going to be going on as well. And these golfers need to take advantage of top of the par fives because, like I said, these par fours are extremely challenging. And we'll see some small and fast greens on this course as well. Len, anything else to add about the TPC Sawgrass? Yeah, I think, um, like you said, every every hole is designed to play different, play into the wind different, and everything. So it's going to make you know conditions probably a little bit tougher throughout the field for everyone plus as you mentioned i think there's 17 water hazards on the court you know so you have to be getting your ball in play i wouldn't be surprised to see multiple guys putting two balls into the water on the same hole it's just how this course is designed and if you look at the course they in order to shoot low you have to take on a lot of these fairway bunkers a lot of the water that we see around the holes because the course is designed beautifully where if you want to score low, you're going to have to be taking risks. So the guy that's going to be, you know, taking on these risks the best, hugging the lines of the water, hugging the bunkers, and kind of cutting off some corners, I think is going to be the one that scores well. But at the same time, with all these hazards, with kind of thinking man's golf a little bit and how you want to play it, you can see some crazy results in this tournament. All right, and like we said, they're the world's best are out for this tournament. This is one of the, if not the top non-major we'll see all year. So some good golf to be played here. 
before we hop into our favorites, let's talk briefly about DJ, Justin Johnson, and, and Rom. They're, of course, the two highest paid players currently on uh, DFS. You know, Johnson's at 11-2 and Rom's at 10-9. We often talk about, I guess this is our third pod in the series, but we have talked about previously that to avoid the highest priced players because it's so hard to make a lineup with with them in there. So are, are we in the same boat here? I know uh, DJ, I think, is the favorite to win this as he will be for most co- competitions this, this, this year. Are we uh, in in cahoots here that we need to avoid DJ here, Lenny? Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the thing is, though, with DJ, when DJ is playing his best, there I don't think there's anyone in the world that can compete with him. But at the same time, like, i just looking at previous finishes uh, at the players here. Like, Rory won it back in 19, but you have Jim Furyk, Eddie Pepperell, John Vegas, Brant Snedeker, Brian Hartman in the top 10 in 2019, 2018... Webb won it, and you have Charles Swartzel, Jimmy Walker tied for second, Jason Duffner in fifth, Keegan Bradley seventh. Like, you just have a lot of guys that you wouldn't expect to be top 10 guys that are making appearances in these. I mean, DJ finished fifth in 2019. You know, he's got a good finish here. You know, he's played well at the course recently. He is an excellent golfer, right? I don't think there's anyone that would say Dustin Johnson is not one of the best golfers in the world. I think if you're someone who kind of has a fear of missing out on him and absolutely thinks you need to play him. But like you said, I think you and I both agree. It typically is best to stay away from the highest salary guy unless you want to go with just a bunch of guys at the top and pick well in the 6,000, 7,000 range. And I, I just, I think DJ's salary isn't as high as Rory's was last week. Rory was, I think, at 11.5 or 11.6. DJ's at 11-2, but still, I'd like to avoid that guy that's sitting at the very top. Yeah, Rory, of course, because there were so little, you know, top-tier golfers in that tournament last week. That's why Rory was up there. But as the, you know, top of the business, we're going to see DJ top this this DFS pool for the remainder of the season. I don't think anyone will surpass him. Uh, barring some unforeseen for, uh, circumstances, but yeah, he's up there. You have twelve two. Then Rom's three hundred dollars behind him at ten nine. I know it, it does that three hundred dollars saving enough for you to play a Rom? I, as you know, I'm I'm one of the biggest Rom guys in the world, but I think that this week I'm going to stay off of him. Maybe in you know sports book bet I might throw some money on Rom. I might consider it, but in my lineup I'm going to avoid him. I think my approach is a little bit different than taking some of these guys up here above 10K this week. All right, all right. So we'll get to our favorite tiers. We talk about those two guys, and we'll maybe re- we'll revisit some of these top tier guys throughout this podcast. But since you spoke a lot there on those two guys, I guess I'll kick it off here. My favorites, leading it off here with my top guy. I guess you can kind of say I'm becoming a pretty big Patrick Cantley guy. I had him. Let's see, two weeks ago, uh, I had him as my go-to guy, but then he was scratched and, of course, didn't play last week. So. He's supposedly going to be playing here in the, in the players, and I just absolutely love this guy. Roll number nine, he's at 9,200 right now. We're avoiding the 10K guys, and he's 
just about 9,000. So a, a plane that can't lay opposed to a Dustin Johnson, there's, there's what, 20 or $2,000 you can save right there. And, you know, in his four starts this season, he has not finished outside the top 15. And he leads the field in strokes gained in this year as well, which, you know, if you're leading the strokes gained, that's a fantastic stat that leads to, definitely leads to success on the golf course. He enters this week fifth in the field in golf and shots gained around the green, which previously was one of his weaknesses but he's definitely stepped up and improved that as well he has been like i said pretty inconsistent around the greens previously in years past but he's becoming a a solid golfer anywhere and everywhere on the course and i just love that about him that he's taking these strides to improve the weakness in his game where he is also excelling at the top of his game as well so this is a this is a a player i absolutely love this is a a next level type of player that you know the, the players like like Lenny said, we see some of these not, you know, no name guys, but these lower tier guys who haven't really had success on the tour kind of make a name for themselves, jump into the top, top 10, top five. I think that's what Cantley does this, 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 uh, uh, this tournament. This could be the next level win that we need here. This, like we talked about several times already, is the top non major on the, on the, on the tour. So we've had the likes of, of uh, Scott Stentz and Garcia and Ricky Fowler win at this course to really propel their careers forward. So it could really be Cantley's time to do that. So I'm all over Cantley this week. And, you know, if you follow this podcast, I'm probably going to be in Cantley uh, several more times throughout this year. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. Cantley's a great golfer. And, yeah, what was it? Nearly 2,000 difference in price. Exactly, 2,092 to 11.2. Yep, yeah, 2,000 difference. And I think the difference in kind of the, the win equity you're buying in between Dustin Johnson and Patrick Cantlay isn't 2000 in salary. I, so I think I think Cantlay's a good pick. He's playing great. I mean, it's been October since he last finished outside the top 20 in an event. Like That's just good, consistent golf. Like, you, you know what you're getting at that 9-2 number. So I like that Cantlay pick. I, uh, I have some stats here for you as well. We're going to play a little game. I want you to guess this golfer. I'm going to give you some of his. Oh, jeez. His most recent finishes. All right, he's got a 14th, a second, tie for second, a tie for second, a fourth, 31st, and a tie for eighth. Man, you're going to try to embarrass me here on this pod, aren't you? I'll tell you, Tony Fino. Right? Oh, of course. You know, we talked about him in previous pods. Tony but... Fino. This, I think this, like you talked about, this is an event where it kind of gets guys rolling. Kind of, you win this event, you get moving. It, what Rory won it in 2019 after not winning an event in a year, and he had 2019 one of the best years of his career. I think this is a this is a Tony Fino moment. I mean, he's been playing fantastic. Like I just said, three out of the last four events, he's finished a tie for second. I I think this is this is maybe a tournament where where he finally gets that win, where he finally steps up the, to the plate and gets it done. So I'm I'm going with Tony Finau this week. He's someone that I'm liking. He's at yeah. nine thousand one hundred, so one hundred less than Cantlay. Hey, you can't hate it with what he's how he's playing right now. The the consistency is unmatched. You no, know, previously before we started this podcast, actually the last two weeks, he was what was it like three or four second place finishes this year alone. So yeah. he he's playing some great golf, and if I can argue that Cantlay takes the next step forward and wins this event and really propels himself for the future, why can't Finau do it? Who is notorious for not, 
you know, closing the deal and, and winning tournaments. So I like that pick a lot as well. He's, and a fair, he's also, a fair value there at 9100. Yeah, he's also 11th in the strokes on gains on approach. And I think this is a course where the approaches are going to be huge. Like I said, I think it's a little bit of a thinking man's course, a little bit of a risk reward, how you're going to knowing when you're going to take your advantages. Being dialed in on your approaches, I think, is going to be one of those key stats that gets done. He's 11th on tour this year. So I I have some big hopes for Tony Fino this week. All right. So my second guy here is Russell Henley, World's 58, DraftKings 7,400. A great value here. Why do I like him so much? Because he's one of the best ball strikers on tour. Said that right, like you talked about the uh, shots gained approach, he's one of the best there is. He is currently fifth in the tour in that, which, like we said, is arguably the most important stat when it comes to success at the TPC Sawgrass. Consistency is key here. He has finished no worse than, uh, let's see, Type 35 in, his, in three tournaments there that he's made the cut in. He, he's This is his, what, eighth appearance at TPC Sawgrass, so... He has he has seen this course before. He has uh, done well here before with top 35 finishes in three of those events. So I, I'm betting on him here, 7400, and currently hitting the ball extremely well. And this shot gains approach, like we talk about, is huge on this course with the water hazards and the deep bunkers and things to maneuver and and really setting yourself up well off the tee and then capital, capitalizing on your long irons beyond that, which is, which is shot games approached. And, you know, like I said, the, if the wind picks up, if the weather is a, a factor here, Henley can really play through this with those great long irons that he's, he's currently striking this moment. Yeah. That's another pick. You have some great picks this week and just kind of looking at that $7,400 price range, you have Carlos Ortiz, Ricky Fowler, Corey Connors, all at that number. I mean, Corey Connors, another great ball striker, similar game to Russell Henley. He finished, or he he played very well, had himself in contention this past week. So I think he's going to be a pretty high ownership just because of that. And then Ortiz, I'm not huge on. He's kind of, he's won an event this year. He's played all right. You know, I can't really knock him too much, but he's not someone that I traditionally am going for. And then you have Ricky Fowler there, that's 7,400 number, who I, I just don't trust Ricky. His game, it just really hasn't been there. So I think if you're, you're kind of, you have that 7,400, you're looking in that range. I think he's better than Ortiz and Fowler. And then his ownership is going to be less than Connors. And I think they're very similar skilled players. So I think he's someone that I would definitely target right there. So I like that pick as well. Yeah, I forgot to mention as well, this is kind of new. We're kind of going tiered opposed to just three golfers. We're like, we're kind of going with a high, medium, and low valued guy on DFS to really hit here. So that's where we've, you know, we've, we've done our expensive guy and I did my middle range guy. We'll see who Lenny has here. Yeah, I am going to go with Max Homa. Right, so so I'm going Tony Fino. He loses to Max Homa, but just to kind of kind of counteract that, I gotta add Max Homa as well here. He's he's been playing well. I I wasn't really liking him too much after his win at the Genesis. I I, I didn't think it was a one off because he's a good golfer, but I didn't think that he would continue playing well. But I mean, he finished tenth this past weekend, I believe. He finished twenty second the week before. He's just 
kept playing good golf. I like I, I can't really have anything bad to say about Max Homer right now. He led the league in putting this past week. So, I mean, he's striking the ball well off the tee. He gained strokes. Approach, he was kind of iffy, which worries me a little bit. But, I mean, it's kind of one of those things where if a guy is just making putts getting off the tee well he can put himself in contention most weeks so going max homa someone i like 7600 yeah there's that range you know in any dfs lineup you're really looking for someone in that range of value there and and he really falls in that like i said henley's only 7400 you talked about a few other guys there but when push comes to shove you're going to have someone in this value on your dfs lineup more likely than not so trying to find a guy here that can succeed for you and you know the two we mentioned here are, are guys i both like my final guy here my my value pick as you will is stuart sink world 148 dfs 20 or 6200 right now so he tails just davis love the third and career, career wins at pete die design courses with four of course love had seven there's several people at three but uh, die has four course wins on die or yep die design designed courses over his career he has never won at Sawgrass, but he has wins at Harbor Town and TPC River Highlands in his career. So, wh- why do I pick him this week? It's it's just because when you're looking for someone this far down there, you're basically looking for someone to make the cut. You're not really, I mean, if he wins, fantastic for you because if you if you win at sixty hundred dollar uh, value, you're gonna have some success. But you're looking for a guy to make the cut and you know hang around there and get you some points to go along with your big big dogs. But sink thus far this season, he has he has rounds of. Uh, minus 11, minus 15, minus 4 at the Century Tournament of Champions, Sony Open Hawaii and Waste Management Phoenix Open, respectively. His most recent outing was at the Genesis Invitational at plus 1. He's not playing horrible golf, and he's he's had some good rounds, honestly. So with his success on die design courses, which are similar, of course, the same designer than TPC Sawgrass. And actually, TPC Sawgrass is not even deemed his most challenging of courses um, his most notable, of course, but not the most challenging. And Die ha- or excuse me, Sink has seen success across these type of formats. So, it's sixty two hundred dollars here. I don't think you can go wrong with that value. Yeah, I mean, we've seen guys similar to him succeed here. Like I said, Furyk finished here. Or he finished second. What was it twenty nineteen? Jimmy Walker finished second back in twenty eighteen. So, I mean, some of these kind of older guys. It's not the necessarily bombers, but the more experienced guys think their way around the course aren't going to get bullied by a course necessarily, and they they have a chance. I mean, I, I can't I can't knock that pick. Next guy I'm gonna go with though is gonna be Brian Harmon. He's at sixty nine hundred, so he's gonna be a little bit more expensive than Sink. For me, kind of my list, I'm not dipping below sixty three hundred on guys I like. I'm not huge on really anyone below that. But I'll give you Brian Harmon here at sixty nine hundred. He's just plays consistent golf he's missed one cut since july four top tens in that time and like you said at this low if they make the cut they maybe finish 40th you're not going to be really disappointed you know Harmon's a little bit more expensive you, you probably i'm hoping for maybe a top 30 out of him at least give me a, a little sniff of maybe he can make a run on sunday but i mean what is he missed he's missed one cut since july like i can't i can't argue with those results so I'm I'm gonna go with Brian Hartman. He's he's a southeast guy from just north of there in Georgia. You know, familiar with the area, familiar with kind of the coastal Atlantic coast 
courses. You know, I, I think I think this is a week that he can do well. So he's a guy I'm going with here at 6,900. Yeah, if we notice anything, you like to play those somewhat hometown favorites there, like you did a, love, a week or two ago. Well, I love a good hometown guy. If I'm going with an, I considered this, but it's just a little bit too low for my price range with a Tyler Duncan, right? Tyler Duncan, somebody who, who lives right there, lives right by the course. I think it doesn't get much more of a home game than if you love the home game model, you love the, the, the picking the local guy, Tyler Duncan's your guy this week. And I thought about it. I, I just I just didn't have the guts to put him in, and I, I hope I hope that he wins. I hope that he shoves it in my face and he wins this week because I'm getting away from my home game guys, and you know I I need a reason to go back to it. Uh, yeah, through our recent run of not successful picks, maybe you guys should take the opposite of what we say and, and run with them this week. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to our defense lineups. This is what the uh, you know what. People, I guess, really want to know how we're lining up our our squads, how we invested our money over this this uh, four days. Let's see, last week I won, so you went first, and this week you won, so I'll go first here. Let's see, let's see. You know, I can't lay at ninety two. We talked about sink at sixty two, and then Henley at seventy four. So that leaves me with three golfers here, and I have some pretty decent ones. Let's go, Rory McIlroy uh, at ten six. Expensive, I think he's. A- the third or fourth most expensive player on the roster or on the uh, on the choice here, but he is the most he's the most previous winner of this course. Of course, twenty nineteen we talked about that. He plays ex- this course extremely well, and if the winds become an issue, I'm more confident in in, in McElroy to succeed than it is to a, a DJ or a Rom. In my opinion, of course, those English or those English based golfers, uh, European based golfers, excuse me, are more successful when it comes to weather in that situation. Of course, Rory. There played, you know, early parts of his career over there. Uh, no doubt about that. So I like this value here. 10, six, 600 less than DJ. And I think he has just the same amount of chance of winning this as DJ has. So Colin Marquawa is my next guy here. 9,400. He's playing some great golf. Last time we saw him, last time I picked him, he ended up winning. Uh, what was that two weeks ago? It was the one, the, the move, the WGC he won that two weeks ago. He is, you know, tops on the tour and shots gained approach. By a large margin, actually. So this is the most important statistic when it comes to this course. In my opinion, we've talked about it already. Lenny talked about it. I've talked about it. He is the best in the business when it comes to this. And we talked about that stat being important at uh, at the WGC. What was it? Workday Championship or whatever. They named that the move from Mexico City. But he ended up winning that course because of his shot gains approach and, and being the best in the tour at 9,400 there along with the likes of Patrick Cantley at 9,200. I love that value. And my last guy here, I have to go a little bit cheaper here. I'm going 6,700 here on Matthew Naismith. He, along with Clark, are my flyers this week. He is a cheap option who is currently seventh on the tour in shock game approach. So let's hope this flyer here pays off a little more expensive, 500 more than sink. But, you know, I've loaded myself up with Cantley, uh, McElroy, and Morikawa. I have to really find these values deep. So I'm kind of going against my normal way of building lineups. I'm kind of going three high, 
uh, one medium and two low type of guys here. So when it comes to this, the last two or three not been ideal, but let's hope this week we start turning things around. This is a success here with Naismith and the likes of Sink. So uh, Lenny, let's hear your DFS lineup. Yeah, so I'm kind of targeting some guys in the 9,000 range. I'm not necessarily going with loading up on guys at the very top. I'm kind of loading up on those mid-range guys and then going with a few flyers here. To start out, I got Webb Simpson. You know, he won here recently, been playing great. He said another guy, he, he isn't necessarily a bomber, but he's a great approach shot guy. You can kind of, he, he does well around the greens. 9,500, we're going with Webb. And then Colin Morikawa, 9,400. I think this course fits Morikawa just perfectly. He's another guy. If Tony Fino was, is kind of my number one guy in this 9,000 plus range, Morikawa, I think, is my number two guy this week. So I've got Morikawa in 9,400. And then, like we said, Tony Fino, 9,100. I'm all in on Tony Fino this week. I'm believing in the guy. Next, we've got kind of our step down here, Walking Neiman. I'm a big fan of Neiman. He's been playing well this year. Hasn't missed a cut yet. 7,700 for him, playing great. And the next guy, we got Russell Henley who you mentioned before, you know, I'm not going to talk too much about him. Another guy, I think you can see it. I'm hammering a lot of these guys who are just great off the approach. And then we got Harmon here, 6,900, who we've talked about before. So I'm trying to kind of fit a lot of these guys who I personally like this week into my lineup. And then kind of hammering a lot of guys who are just great approach players because i think it's going to be one of the key stats this week that we see i mean obviously week to week you have great approach here closer to the whole better chance for birdie but i think this week it's going to be more important with kind of the difficulty of the course the kind of smaller greens we have i'm just hammering kind of that stat line so i'm liking my lineup this week not necessarily digging quite as deep with some of the guys on the low end which i might end up regretting it for not hammering these guys up top but i'm that these kind of second tier nine thousand dollar guys is my area i think this week that i'm going to be hitting a lot we're being honest lenny what we've been doing the last two weeks really hasn't been uh, going well for us so we kind of <laughs> change things up here anyhow yeah you you make a fair point i uh i will take that into consideration with my lineup um <laughs> but you know i am i'm always gonna believe in myself here if you're not gonna believe in yourself no one else will hey. this is how the saying goes right i do believe you are correct all right you have any interesting betting lines here i have a you know, I have Cantley to win. I have Russell Henley to win. Uh, let's see, Cantley's at twenty two hundred. Uh, Henley's at twelve five hundred. He's also plus eighteen hundred for top five. And I'm going to go Stort Sink with a plus eight thousand for a top five. Yeah, I have a I have a few guys. Um, most importantly, I just looked up Tyler Duncan's number. He's plus seventy five thousand to win. Seventy five thousand? Um, are you? That's an act. That, line uh, let me double check let me double check because i feel like i may have no no i am correct he is outside of scott harrington at the the plus one hundred and fifty thousand. that is also a accurate <laughs> stat line and he, i suggest uh, putting one dollar on him at least yeah i mean yeah at plus one hundred fifty thousand, you have to put 
a dollar on Scott I, Harrington. I, I have, yeah, I have spent many dollars worse than that <laughs> yeah. on Scott <laughs> What else? Uh, what else are you going to buy with a dollar with the with the possibility of yeah. what winning fifteen thousand dollars on a dollar bet? Yeah. So I might. The the thing is, Tyler Duncan for a top ten is plus four thousand. I might throw a few bucks on a Tyler Duncan top ten. I mean, if I'm at it, I might as well just throw a couple bucks on him to win. Uh, I might be, I might be the biggest Tyler Duncan fan at this point right now. I, I think I am buying into the hype, which means most people should probably just completely avoid this bet at all possible. But I, I think I might be, I might be buying buying into Tyler Duncan a little bit here too much. Some other kind of the more serious guys that I'm looking at this week. I think Morikawa, like I said course fits him wonderfully and tony fino both at plus 2200 to win i'll probably have a little bit on both of those guys and i mentioned last week i'm a fan of kind of that that range of player and betting on them scotty scheffler and sung jm are two guys that i don't mind the value that they're at Scotty Scheffler plus five thousand, Sung J M plus five thousand five hundred. You can get a Scheffler top ten for five hundred, Sung J for five hundred fifty. I might kinda look at that a little bit. Those are kind of the things that I'm looking at at the moment. There are some hole in one props that I'm seeing here on DraftKings. You know, two or more hole in ones in the tournament. A yes is plus 275. I may consider that one. If not for anything, who doesn't love a good hole-in-one? That's probably kind of what I'm looking at. Trying to look at some of the more fun things. Have a few more things to kind of root for this week. But yeah, I think my main guys here that I'm probably going to be looking at, though, are Tony Fino and Colin Morikawa. Yeah, with the players being a, a bigger tournament, we're actually getting some more... Uh, lines and just, just just straight wins and and top five top tens. If we're on the DraftKings sportsbook here, you can bet on anything in this, which you'll see on majors across the thing. But we have not seen these in in some of these tournaments we've we've highlighted thus far in this podcast because of the lower tier of this. But you have the likes of uh, let's see, plus eighteen hundred if it is to go to a three man playoff, uh, five thousand for a four man playoff, or just simply plus 400 if the tournament is to go to a playoff in general. So you have a lot more to go off than just, you know, straight wins, top five, top tens. Like you said, the horn ones, if there's going to be uh, how many albatrosses there'll be on this, uh, on this two or more, like you said, and you can even bet on make or miss the cut. There's a lot more than just straightforward there. So this is where, you know, things get fun. Things get exciting. Things more to, to, to talk about because, uh, it isn't just win or lose. You can bet, you know, hole in ones and have a little more fun with it, which is great to see. All right, guys. So that's it for this week's uh, Out of the Rough podcast. Next week, we'll be back. Who do we have next week? What's lined up for next week on the PGA Tour, Lenny? I don't remember. Let's see. I'm trying to load load the Googles here. PGA Tour schedule. Uh, it's the Honda Classic. Why is it not? All right, so Nia, next week's the Honda Classic. A decent tournament, nothing to write home about. But we're, let's see, we're three weeks away from the Masters, I guess. What is it? Actually, uh, we're a month away from the Masters, exactly. It's an April 8th kickoff. We're here on March 8th recording this podcast. So we're right there around the corner, three tournaments before the Masters come to us. So we can't wait for that. Of course, that is the... That is the epicenter of golf. The excitement level is through the roof when it comes to that tournament, so can't wait for that. Remember, guys, follow us on uh, Twitter at OutOfTheRoughWK. Uh, interact with us there. You'll find uh, you know, us 
you know, interacting with followers, answering questions, and putting golf content out there beyond just what the podcast have to offer. So make sure you follow us there. Follow us on all social media at We Know Fantasy, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Visit our website, We Know Fantasy.com for some more fantasy sports content. And until next week, guys, we'll see you.